listening to unitedinstitute.org podcast where we feature successful professionals and scholars. Hello and welcome to unitedinstitute.org world podcast. This is Sadir Farjo and I'm joined here with Jeffrey Nutt. Hello, Sadir. You know, let's just jump in today. We have a full pack show for you guys tonight. Uh, today, uh, we are talking about free speech, and recently we have uh, three different articles right in front of us right here. Uh, from One is from the, uh, the Toledo Blade, it's, and the article is Michigan Moves on Speech. The other one is Mich- uh, MLive.com, and this one is Penalties Needed to Ensure College Students Don't Violate Free Speech Rights, Lawmaker Argues. The next one is from the Chronicle of Higher Education. The states where campus free speech bills are being born are run down. You know, this free speech is becoming big on the news lately with all the issues happening around the college campuses. What's your take on it, Jeffrey? Yes, well, I mean, the biggest uh, episode in this ongoing saga was what occurred earlier this year in the beautiful campus of... University of California at Berkeley, where I have been on several occasions for a couple of trainings when I was a legal aid provider and had a an opportunity to see what a, a beautiful setting that is right there outside of San Francisco, off of the San Francisco Bay, this awesome uh, and beautiful campus where they had invited a couple of uh, conservative speakers to come and and present on a couple of occasions so far this year, and on one of them, there were protesters that came in uh, to disrupt the presentation. Uh, there was uh, an advanced uh, requirement that was uh, in, that was imposed upon the school organization, the student organization that was hosting the event, that required that they, at the last minute, uh, pay an additional security fee to cover the cost, approximately $6,000 of additional uh, costs uh, for the additional overtime or additional security pay for security to be provided uh, for the event. And uh, although those funds were made available and and um, uh, offered to be paid, the the organizer of the event ultimately ended up canceling the event because of the magnitude of the protests and demonstrations against the speaker. So who do you think these disruptors or these protesters were, Sadir Farjo? Were these actually other students or were there people from other places around the country who were alerted to the existence of this uh, expected uh, presentation by this conservative speaker? And did they come in their, um, in their, I believe it was black attire and, um, and masks in, in some cases to uh, cause a, a disturbance? What, or were they students, in your opinion, that were presently enrolled uh, at the school who were simply opposed to the content of the speech? You know, that, that's, that's a really good question. I, I think it's probably a combination of both. Um, it just, uh, you know, even some people are even mentioning there's some paid protesters, um, uh, potentially. Uh, but I think it's a, probably a combination of all, you know, three, 
you know, just people who are, you know, just going down there just to protest. Some of them are students, some of them are not. And then I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them were paid protesters. What do you think? Well, I think it's so ironic that the uh, uh, epicenter of the uh, of the free speech movement of the late 1960s and early 70s on American campuses uh, was was UC Berkeley, uh, and now that whole uh, uh, venue, uh, the campus has actually been sort of um, transformed into a, a, a very um, adversarial uh, type of uh, uh, environment for those who would wish to express their uh, contrary views uh, to uh, oppose the, uh, the uh, establishment, shall we say, that tends to be the prevailing uh, view on campus, which is a, um, a left-of-center view, generally speaking, among the students, uh, as well as uh, many of the professors, uh, as is generally believed. And now, even though that um, advocacy for free speech was part of a, a very long storied history at UC Berkeley, uh, now the administration is perceived and, and considered to be uh, lacking in having backbone to stand up uh, to protect the students' uh, rights to speech uh, to free speech when the speech uh, is of the conservative uh, type. You know that's that, that appears to be the issue, and uh, you know there is a, a bunch of free speech speech bills that are coming down. Uh, the pipeline here, uh, one in California. Uh, th these bills are meant to uh, allow greater uh, freedom and uh, free expression and free speech. Uh, one, uh, really, really, this sh you know to help uh, to help you know censorship. Well, no, this is actually no. This is actually to enable students to be able to more freely express themselves without having uh, you know. This is like. So where you know it almost allows them to be able to sp speak without having to being sh without the speech uh, the speech having being shut down. So there's laws trying to protect students' free speech rights, uh, and they're happening down in California, Colorado, Illinois, Louisiana, Michigan, North Carolina, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Wisconsin. Uh, and you know what? Let's just I want to just show you. Uh, I want to just jump into a, the Michigan one. That, uh, there's one that was recently in, in introduced in the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, and uh, this this one would uh, this bill, according to MichiganLive.com, uh, uh, it require it requires colleges and universities to issue a one-year suspension or expulsion for students who have twice been found responsible for infringing upon the speech upon the free speech rights of others so, so that would twice be... been responsible so people have been twice been found responsible on infringing on others free speech rights what do you think of that well i do think that if a, a, a student deliberately obstructs in a physical way for example or in a uh in a violent way the free exercise of of, of speech 
by other students uh, who are there to learn and hear uh, a variety of views on campus, that that is something that rips right through the underlying uh, uh, values of a liberal higher education uh, in America, the, the values of, uh, of free speech uh, that bear upon the very fundamental um, values that began in our country uh, since its inception uh, long ago that led to the creation at the very outset of this nation in the formation of the Bill of Rights, which included among the First uh, Amendments, the very First Amendment being that which protects freedom of speech. And so this is such a very serious matter that I do think that there should be consequences for one student who deliberately interferes with the right of another student to either express themselves in a, a, an appropriate, reasonable time, place, and manner on campus to have a, a rational conversation of competing, whether the views may be um, offensive is not an issue. That is not to be considered a justification for disrupting the speech. Uh, the, the Supreme Court, in its various decisions on free speech, has protected speech, however offensive it may be. And that is one of the reasons why these they students, use, these <laughs> students uh, are now um, uh, being uh, uh, expected to think twice about whether or not they wish to attempt to literally shut down a speaker or a forum or a presentation that is organized by another group of students or hosted by another group of students uh, for the opportunity uh, to, for those students to hear that person or that speaker's point of view. Right, and you know, the Supreme Court has established, you know, the least uh, attest that, you know, the speech, uh, the restrictions must be the least restrictive means and they must achieve a compelling uh, governmental interest. So, and it also you if you're going to restrict it, if it meets those, if it's both, you know, if, if you're stopping the speech because it's you know it's the least res restrictive means to achieve this compelling governmental interest, then you must uh, put ample like you have to have uh, alternative opportunities where the speech could be uh, conducted. So, if indeed the time, the place, and the manner is such that the presentation of the speaker that uh, would have been uh, presenting at UC Berkeley uh, would have uh, not been allowed in a particular in the middle of a particular class that was set up uh, and organized and presented by a professor who did not agree with the presentation being presented at that time by the outside speaker then uh, that that is that is a restriction that is allowed uh, because that would not be the proper proper place or manner in which to present the alternate uh, views that the students are wishing to have uh, have expressed and presented and to learn from. Correct. So that that's that's why the students organized a presentation that was going to be 
not during school hour, not during a particular class, outside of classroom hours, and uh, on campus in a space that typically is used by other students uh, at different times, different organizations, uh, uh, an acceptable, reasonable place, an alternate place, alternate time, and th through the usual methods that are followed for scheduling speakers. Right, and it seems like, you know, the students were within their uh, rights uh, to have the spe their speakers of their choice, you know, heard and their, you know, their free speech rights are not to be restricted. Um, you know, I remember uh, Notre Dame once, uh, a while ago, they invited uh, President uh, Barack Obama to come and speak at the commencement um, and uh, give an honorary award. Now, there were a lot of uh, protesters, but they were, when I was reporting it uh, for a, a a media outlet, I remember they allowed us, the protesters uh, area where they could uh, protest during this, while the ceremony was going on because they weren't, they weren't allowing protests during the graduation uh, ceremony, but they allowed it at an alternative site. So where the pro-life community was protesting this, but it was an alternative site. Um, you know, so in this in this case, they just in these other cases with the Berkeley and stuff, they just completely shut down uh, these speech. Uh, well, there there are scenarios where, or at least it seems like it. Is. They they also have placed a, a, a financial burden on the on the student organization sure, that's yeah. hosting the speaker. Mm -hmm that may be a center-right speaker, and at the last minute notifies the organization they need to cough up two, $3,000 to pay for additional, quote, security, unquote, to be uh, present for the presentation. You know, to me, that would be like, if you can recall, uh, some of the uh, previous demonstrations in the civil rights movement uh, when there have been protesters on both sides uh, uh, who have been um, protesting and taking a stand, marching, if you will. Some of them marching. Uh, I remember uh, one time when my wife was in a um, in a wedding in Selma, Alabama, in a wedding party, and we walked across the Petway Bridge there that uh, Dr. King, Martin Luther King, had walked across with a number of protesters. There were certainly there were counter protesters in the nineteen. Uh, 60s when that uh, Selma march took place and uh, for the city of Selma to have slapped the organizers of Dr. King's march with uh, a bill for X number of thousands of dollars for the additional police protection that was supposed to have been called in to uh, uh, be present would have been a complete an utter uh, travesty of justice, uh, and and there are some similarities. Um, not that the police are using dogs as they did in Selma to harass and attack the uh, civil rights protesters. Uh, the, the the but in the modern era, that's not uh, generally happening. But uh, obviously, but the the point is, you can see the uh, the. Uh, twisting of of the burdens, uh, the shifting of burdens to the free speech advocates uh, based on, I think, the, the content of the speech 
there is some discrimination and dispar disparagement of those who are the, the uh, center-right uh, speakers that are attempting to present on some of the college campuses. I should also point out there are, some ex there are a number of uh, exceptions to this uh, as well, where there are uh, conservative speakers that are welcome to the uh, more uh, left-of-center campuses, and they're, they're welcomed without incident. We never hear about those. And that is also happening, and we applaud that. Uh, and of course, the, there are many conservative schools that also will, from time to time, invite the uh, the left of center speakers as well, uh, as a, as a way to uh, undertake dialogue and uh, understand different points of view. And we applaud that uh, openness and the exercise of free speech in both contexts. Before before I uh, before we finish there, Jeffrey, let me let me uh, cut, uh, cut you off for a second. We need to go to a quick quick uh, sponsor break, and we'll be right back. Do you love your lawyer? Jeffrey G. Knott & Associates, PLLC, uses the law to help businesses and individuals throughout the world. Visit jknottlaw.com or call 248-220-1501. Unitedinstitute.org is pleased to offer a series of self-paced online courses and simulations that help professionals become effective, productive, and creative. Visit unitedinstitute.org. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Jeffrey Nutt, and we are discussing free speech rights. We're talking, though, briefly, uh, Sadir, uh, about whether or not the school should be the that's, the discipliner. That's what uh, I wanted to get to, to, to next. Impo impose the punishment uh, on students who violate the free speech rights of other students. Yes, and let campus. me read you a quote from, uh, this is, uh, 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 this is according to MichiganLive.com, uh, it is from, uh, the quote is uh, from uh, Senator, uh, State Senator Patrick Kolbeck. Um, uh, he's a Republican from Canton, and he's the one sponsoring the, re the legislation. And uh, he, 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 his quote is saying, if you want to discourage that behavior, you have to go off and make sure that people pay a penalty for that behavior, uh, end quote. So what I'm hearing him say then with that statement is that there should be accountability and there should be a, 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 a swift and immediate penalty is, is what he is saying. And the existing civil laws and criminal laws where misdemeanors could be imposed by the uh, criminal justice system, uh, such as those for disturbing the peace uh, or um, uh, other such disruptive uh, um, Behavior, uh, those uh, those types of laws are not sufficiently protecting the uh, students on campus whose free speech rights are being abridged, according to this particular uh, legislator. Right, and so and while so, the American Civil Liberties Union, actually of Michigan, I'm sorry, the American Civil Liberties Michigan, um, is opposing this legislation, they they're saying uh, the one that should be uh, the institutions themselves should be the one. Uh, making these uh, disciplinary matters should be left up, you know, that should be left up to them. The actual institution is not up to, you know, the state. So there should be, according to the, that particular uh, uh, spokesperson school. for that uh, ACLU, the uh, school should self-regulate uh, self uh, the matter. And there yeah, should, that's what and it's that's according what to the article, right? That's what they're saying, uh, according to this particular article. 
the question is, is it working? Is that working or is there a, a trend? It, are things trending away from the lack of enforcement and the lack of self-regulation uh, regula to uh, protect the rights of, of all students? And that's what I think the legislature uh, is, is probably examining right now. Mm -hmm. I do think that uh, if there are two previous episodes of a student obstructing the free exercise of speech by other students on campus, and, that, and this particular bill would be calling for the penalty to be suspension for a year or expulsion, that that obviously is quite harsh. Uh, I would say that if there, if there is anything uh, uh, that may be considered, um, uh, I think, wise, that there should not be complete inaction and a lack of response to even one uh, violation of, uh, of obstructing the rights of another student to exercise their free speech. Uh, and according I, I do to think this one, it says, yeah, this one has twice been responsible, according I, to the article, I for think, infringing I think upon there, the rights. So do you think there should, don't you think there should be at least a, there should be at least a warning for develop, the development of the student in the first instance, and that, should, that warning, in my judgment, should actually be in writing, and and uh, as as uh, the as as to the second incident, if there's a second incident, I would suggest that uh, some schools consider to to nip this in the bud, consider uh, literally uh, a penalty that would include uh, something like uh, another form of discipline, short of short of uh, suspension or expulsion. But something in the nature of uh, an incomplete, an incomplete, uh, be, uh, based on a student's decision not to adhere to the uh, basic uh, norms of civility and respect, to, frankly, for the law and the rule of law on campus and and the civil laws that are on the books. Uh, protecting the free speech rights of all, all students uh, at the proper time, manner, and in, in terms of the content um, of the speech of the opposing uh, point of view. So this, I believe, would be a deterrent if there were more of a graduated uh, or uh, incremental type of uh, disciplinary uh, approach. Yeah, I do, I do. I think there should be a graduated approach just because, you know, Depends also on how they're obstructing. Uh, you know, if like one, of, I think one of the, the one of the spokesperson for the uh, ACLU uh, expressed uh, concern that a student who, uh, according to the article, would like shout out "boo" at a commencement speaker could be suspended or expelled before getting their diploma. That was, I believe, one of the according. To, it seems like according to the article, that was one of the things. Uh, but Colbeck, uh, Senator Colbeck, said. That wouldn't punish students who simply this bill wouldn't punish students who just simply boo a speaker. No, correct. Uh, obviously, booing, hissing—that's different. But shutting down a speaker completely—that's a different matter. Actual or threatened violence—that's a different matter. Right. Yeah. So you know. Right. So the, and that's the issue. So it seems I do I do think you're right with it. There should be some type of graduated approach. 
And uh, you know, this is just this is just a way. This really protects, in my opinion, everyone's free speech rights because you know there's going to be times when both sides don't agree on issues, and this is one way for us to at least continue the talk or at least have you know continue the. the, the this is one of the most fundamental rights living here in the United States, so I think this should be protected. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's part of what is involved and essential to train the next generation of young Americans and young internationals on the values that have made America the, the great nation that she is and that have made our, 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 our Western civilization as civilized as she is, despite her many flaws. Our civilization is, has, has been civilized more so than it far so than it used to be long ago there was no respect for the rule of law and freedom of speech now for the last 200 plus years that has been enshrined in our constitution in our psyche in supreme court case after supreme court case for many on this, as well as on the state uh, court level and federal level, as well as in s- city and municipal ordinances, freedom of speech is something that is enshrined in the fiber and the fabric of the American psyche. And it's something that we must uh, instill as a value and an aspiration to enhance and to cultivate and to strengthen uh, among the next generation that we're training in America's institutions of higher learning. You're absolutely right. Uh, we, you know, we're running out of time right here. I want to thank uh, you, Jeffrey, for being here. So this has been a very interesting conversation. I, I hope if you like the podcast, uh, please subscribe, and we'll see you again. Thank you. Thank you, Sadir. Have a great day, everyone.